Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MGR Unplugged. Um, this is your host, Manuel Gilder Real. I'm joined by David Gilligan, and uh, we're actually recording on a s- Friday today. And uh, we normally record on Thursday, but uh, we were so jammed yesterday that we were uh, didn't have the time, and at the end of the day, we didn't have the energy. So we, we, we pushed it back to Friday. It's no big deal. We, we, we'll still air this episode later today or, or maybe tomorrow morning. So um, let's get right to it, David. Uh, we have a two or three topics for this uh, podcast. We'll breeze through it really quickly. Uh, the first one is discussing um, the latest um, Facebook Elizabeth Warren ad controversy or disclaimers and things like that, uh, fact-checking. Um, the second one, we're going to discuss a little bit of uh, Facebook new ad features that uh, just came up or were basically available or promoted uh, over the last couple of weeks. And then we're going to finish with um, Alcon. Uh, the uh, Amazon is the first one, right, David? First one. The first Alcon, A-D-C-O-N, or conference uh, for... Very creative title. Yeah, I know. They got really creative with it. Alcon for uh, Facebook, I mean for uh, Amazon, I'm sorry. So let's get started with the first uh, topic. Um, so what did Elizabeth Warren do this time, David? Your favorite candidate. Well, she... Um Basically, she created an ad that was, I forget exactly what it said, but it had something to do with Trump, but it was a lie. And it was basically putting a false statement on a Facebook on, ad, on, on a Facebook ad to pretending that it was Trump's comment. Right. Basically. And then once it got approved, President Trump. Once it got approved, then she basically took screenshots and posted on Twitter and all types of places and was saying, see, look how easy it is to make a false ad on Facebook. Uh, basically, I got away with this, no problem. And the whole claim was that Facebook needs to be policing ads and policing all of Facebook posts more strictly. And my whole thing was, I don't understand Elizabeth Warren's Elizabeth Warren's position. Because on one hand, she's very anti-Facebook. She wants to break them up. She says they're evil, they're corrupt. She hates Mark Zuckerberg. And on the other hand, she wants them to be the arbiters of free speech and truth and policing free speech. I don't understand that. You want the evil corporation to be the ones who also decide what people can and can't say. That's the connection that I don't understand. And second of all, Facebook does have guidelines, and we'll talk a little bit about different guidelines that they have. Um, so it's not like you can just run any ad you want on Facebook. You have to go through an approval process. But it's not Facebook's job to fact check everything a politician says. Just like during a political debate on like CNN, we had one on Monday, uh, and you always have these fact checkers online on Twitter. I always mm-hmm. see like, oh, what uh, Kamala Harris just said was a lie. What. Elizabeth Warren just said was a lie. They do it for all of them. And so now is it CNN's responsibility to make sure that a, a politician doesn't fib on yeah, the stage? Exactly. It's the same thing with Facebook. And I just, I, I think that she, she's, you know, it gets a lot of people hate Facebook, even though they have billions of users and people still use Instagram, even though they say they hate Facebook. They're a little hypocritical in that sense. But um, I just think that she did this to be very inflammatory and get a ton of, news and attention which hey it worked we're talking about it everybody's talking about it but i think at the end of the day you know mark zuckerberg responded yesterday and he had a speech that basically said listen 
We're always going to err on the side of free speech. We don't want to be the police. He says, you know, the truth is Facebook would make more money if they were actually more controlling. But he says, we're not more controlling. We want to have free speech on our platform. It's not our job to be the police. We have the police for that. Right. And, and this is an ad, again, is the, the separation between the traditional news feed where people like uh, Average Joe can just, or Jane can just put whatever they want, follow the friends and family and all that stuff. Or an advertising where you go through an approval process, and the approval process, the editorial approval with Facebook is pretty strict, actually, for for certain things. I mean, obviously, they got much better in the last, um, you know, three four years since the uh, last elections, on as far as political ads. But um, as you said, it's not their job to fact check whatever a candidate is saying or whether he said this or not. I mean, any political candidate is going to make statements in their ads, trying to. Um, uh, put in a bad situation their their opposition. You know, they they're trying to say, okay, this person said this two years ago and now he's doing this. I mean that happens everywhere. You even see it on the corner street, you know, banners and all that right. stuff. And so so Uh, Facebook is not going to be fact-checking everything and making sure that it's true or not true. That's not their job. They will never do that. And and it's not their job to do that either. So so this test that Elizabeth Warren did is so silly, to be honest. I mean, it's so, um, I think it's, I don't know what she was trying to prove, but it was, uh, to me, actually, I have even a less... Um, uh, impression of her, this of her because she did this test than before. You know, I mean, it's like you want to prove something, do something that is realistic. You know, don't put an ad trying to gain the system and say, oh, see, I put this thing that is not true because he actually didn't say it, and it went through. It's like, so what? You know, it, all to me, all politicians are saying things that are half true. You know, and there's a thing called truth in advertising, right? And the FTC basically or no the fcc FT, no the fcc the, communications no, the, the trade commission the this FTC. is the trade commission or the communication advertising is the trade commission okay the ftc basically regulates this it's a truth in advertising and it doesn't matter if it's a tv commercial a print ad a facebook ad it's the same thing truth in advertising so if you get caught lying then you can face major penalties fines etc bans from advertising for periods of time there's all types of punishment okay but if you go and buy a tv commercial and you make false claims it's not nbc's fault okay they're just the the seller of the ad spot okay they can't police they can't know that you're telling the truth or not obviously if there's something egregiously false or something Something that's uh, malicious. Well, there's, there's political, there's, but, there's advertising guidelines, and as far as um, language to use and all that stuff. But, but like you said, I mean, the networks or uh, it's not NBC's job to police if Exxon Mobil makes a false claim. Okay, that's not their job. It's the FCC's jo- or the FTC's job. And if they get caught, then the FTC is going to go after them. But the FTC is not going to go after NBC. That just doesn't make any sense. And the same thing with Facebook. And I was going to give another example of, so, okay, Bernie Madoff. He had a perfectly legitimate hedge fund on paper on on the surface, and that's why he was getting so much money from people. And nobody had had any idea it was actually a Ponzi scheme. And so he was advertising. Not only that. I mean, famous uh, financial analysts were actually promoting him like right, he was right. the god and genius of and, uh, the financial world. He spent money advertising his hedge fund as, hey, we get these returns, blah, 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 blah. We do this. We're very good at making you money. Give us your money. That was the whole thing. Okay. And guess what? He was lying. It was a Ponzi scheme and everything collapsed. And I think people know the story. He even but, fooled the SEC himself. So that tells you about. Right. And, and this was pre-Facebook, uh, obviously, but he was doing it and advertising in places. 
the SEC didn't go after uh, the advertisers for that. They went after Madoff. Okay, how is how would Facebook know that Madoff is lying about his hedge fund in the same way that you know how hard it would be to police whether something is true what Trump said? He says so many things. How is that possible? Okay, if you're gonna lie about something Trump said, that's why we have actual regulators and law enforcement okay it's that's their job and it's the same thing uh mark benioff the ceo of salesforce uh in the past i mean he's he's been on this brigade over the past couple of years uh against facebook and other big platforms like google too uh, saying that they need to be broken up which by the way is very convenient for him you know once you're a billionaire tech guy uh to then say oh oh we need to break up tech companies okay i see how it is so once once you made your billions yeah. now you say this not before okay uh you have the salesforce tower the biggest tower in san francisco uh in the financial district now but okay anyways the point is that he's asking to break them up because facebook needs to police better uh, who's using their platform and for what. But that's kind of hypocritical because Salesforce has been caught being used by many bad organizations from uh, you know nefarious governments and terrorist groups and all types of things. But that's I don't blame Mark Benioff. He makes a tool that is meant as a uh, better way of keeping track of customers. That's all it is to mm -hmm. improve your sales. So if people use, if a terrorist organization ends up using the same tool in a bad way, that's not Mark Benioff's fault. I don't see him policing these things, right? You can't control every way people are going to use your tool, okay? It's no different than if I build a hammer, okay, and someone kills someone with a hammer, that's not my fault. I'm not the one, uh, it wasn't intended for that. All right, all right, let's hammer. We hammer already that, enough on this topic. The point is, I don't get Elizabeth Warren's Goal. Yeah, I think it was Fate. a it was a mood point, a mood test. Uh, it didn't make any sense. Uh, even even after the news or when I read the headline, I'm like, there's got to be something else in this story that I'm missing. And it turned out that it was nothing else. He just put a stupid ad to to make a point. So Facebook, and the point she made, as far as I'm concerned, is that she's pretty silly by doing that because it proves nothing. Facebook is evil and corrupt, but oh, they should also be the ones who decide on people's free speech. That makes sense. Yeah, well, that's kind of. Uh, that's the point. Anyways, um, so moving on, um, Facebook still uh, on the advertising side, on the Facebook business per se, um, we uh, Facebook just advertised or promoted um, or created actually uh, two new uh, ads available or new types of ads available to advertisers and um, the polls that were av available before for uh, Instagram. The, what they call the poll ads, and then also the AR. These are under the category that they call playable ads, meaning that they allow um, viewers to play with the ads, to interact with the ads, with uh, which provoke uh, or cause much more engagement, uh, which advertisers always want. Uh, they, they, they hate just impressions. They want people to actually engage with the ads. And obviously, the typical engagement before was just clicking on the ad and learning more, going to a landing page. Now you can actually play. Uh, with the ad a little bit, either participating in a poll question or actually playing with the AR, trying something on. So um, I think, uh, David, we, we tried the poll ads for Instagram before. Uh, obviously, the Facebook are new. So what do you think th these ads will do for the Facebook uh, platform? The poll ads are interesting because uh, they actually weren't Facebook's idea. They were actually Facebook marketers. I'm in, you know, different Facebook groups uh, where different Facebook marketers and ad buyers kind of discuss strategies. And uh, probably, I don't know, six months ago or so, I started seeing a lot of people talking about, yeah, we've been, because Instagram came with their poll feature. 
uh, that was just for users. Like, hey, you mm -hmm. can create polls, uh, just like you can do Twitter polls. So they did that on Instagram stories. And so uh, guys in the Facebook group were saying, yeah, you can actually make Instagram polls in your ads and it gets more engagement and more interaction and basically click-through rates are higher when you do polls. And so a lot of marketers started doing this, but it wasn't part of the ad platform. It was kind of a workaround. Mm -hmm. And Facebook started seeing a ton of good results and a lot of marketers using this. And based on that feedback, they actually integrated it into the platform. So now you can actually make specific ads with polls. So I think that's kind of uh, cool that they basically took what some guys were hacking together and now made it an official feature. Uh, but basically they did it because it works. And if it, now what I was gonna say is that my fear is, that it worked really well when it was kind of a hack around, work around thing that you didn't see very often. But now that it's an official feature and everybody and their mother is gonna start using Facebook and Instagram polls in their ads, I think the people are gonna be uh, pulled out and yeah. not yeah. <laughs> not very... Uh, uh, kind of tired of so much yeah. interaction stuff. It's, it's fine when one every 15 ads is a poll, but when half of them are polls, you're going to be like, okay, well, I don't first care. First of all, yeah, on Facebook, on Instagram, every fourth uh, story is an ad. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, but the and ads Facebook, themselves. Same, right, right. And uh, the, f as far as the polls, there's like three types of uh, poll ads, actually. It's not just one. You have the, the simple poll ad where they ask you a question and you say yes, no, whatever the poll question is. And then you have the poll that is the uh, poll plus watch and browse, which depending on your answer, they, they automatically launch another page or another uh, image on the ad, which basically is related to your answer, whether you want to browse and learn more or something like that. And then they have the other one, which is uh, the poll and uh, play or download, which is mostly for video games and apps and things like that. But yeah, I agree. I think... Uh, when you look at the the poll ads individually, and there's Facebook samples that everybody can Google and find them, um, they look attractive, and you say, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But when you see your your scrolling and everything now, it's going to be uh, a lot of people are going to be doing polls just to even even when, when something is not like like pollable, if it's a <laughs> if that's a word, like something that doesn't make any sense to make a poll out of that, they probably make a poll just because they want to justify I mean, you the can play get, and, the, and the screen time and the interaction, the impression and so forth. I don't have a problem with people getting creative. Like I said, I just fear that, you know, when all of a sudden you get five ads in a row that are polls, people, they, it's going to turn into a gimmick really quickly, I think. Right, right. Now, the one that I do like is the second option that is becoming available now, which is the AR or augmented reality ads. And those I really like because they're very, um, they're much more engaging for me with some uh, usefulness to it. And uh, they're really good. They work really w good for companies that sell any type of uh, makeup or wearables like sunglasses or any kind of clothing, shoes. Um, and you, I mean, really a lot of applications. You can see like artwork that I think you mentioned before we're, we're talking that uh, you can kind of uh, Take a look at what this piece of art will look. Yeah, I've seen on your one wall. where you can yeah point your phone at a wall and say, okay, I want to put my right. painting here. Right, with your camera and other yeah. stuff. So those are actually interesting. And uh, again, Facebook has a sample with a lipstick uh, company where they have a, a lady, and then you can scroll around and try to um, you know try different shades or colors of lipstick, and, and then you see how it can look on you and other stuff. So I think those are more interesting. Uh, obviously, there's more uh, technology involved. I don't think, um, I haven't seen those in the Facebook uh, business ad options yet. Maybe they're launching them later this fall. Um, um, I know they were beta tested, but I'm not sure. I haven't if, um, seen the AR, um, but I think they rolled them out kind of 
randomly or right, to certain to accounts, accounts, not to everybody at once. That will be soon, and we'll have to determine which of our clients will be more suitable for I'm those I'm not sure how ads. you, because obviously the AR is a little more tricky. It's not like just adding a picture and you're done. You know, you have to create the filter, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a little more tricky. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen the AR option yet, but I'm sure it'll come out soon. Right. Uh, the, but the other thing that Facebook um, came up with a study too, and this is not so much on the new ads, but it's in the combination of the existing ads, is that um, apparently they had an independent uh, company do a study and uh, combining, uh, we know that we can do Facebook ads that appear in your feed and then you can do, um, obviously with Instagram, you can do um, news feed ads and then story ads, but apparently when you combine the um, stories within your feed and they're uh, they're made in a um, uh, 9 by 16 format basically the tall format the yeah, tall yeah. format right instead of 16 by 9 which is like the traditional tv screen at home is the vertical right version. i would never make an ad like that you most of the time you either do square or mm-hmm. or the taller format. right but apparently now they've proven that when advertisers combine the story ad type with the news feed, their brand awareness increases uh, anywhere between 20 and 30 something percent. So that it, it makes the ad, the existing campaign by combining both uh, much more effective. So, But is that the same ad or is it creating a specific ad for stories and a specific ad for the feed? No, that before you have a specific ad for stories and a specific ad for, for um, uh, news, and now in the in the platform, there's a way to combine them. So you right, have your right. story appear um, in a vertical format within your uh, within your um, newsfeed. So that's how you. It's a little tricky because the story ads are very vertical, so you have to crop them. They right. don't let you do the full image. This is what they call mobile optimized stories. So they they will appear on a vertical format, like I said. It's nine, actually nine by not 16. sixteen by nine on stories. I think it's actually it's one point nine by one. I think is what it is. It's very, it's more vertical than 16 by nine. Um, um, according to Facebook is basically the, the, what they call the mobile optimized version is basically a nine by 16, which basically means nine across 16 tall. Right, that, right, that, right. That's the, ra- the vertical ratio. Um, but I'm saying a full stories ad is actually 1.9 because like if you look at like the iPhone 10, they don't have the little borders on them. Right. So it actually is the full screen. So it's a little wider or taller, I should say. Yeah. So, um, so but what Facebook claims, and this is again, based on their latest uh, study, it says that uh, adding stories to feed campaigns by using placement optimization can result in a 21% increase in brand lift. And then it says adding stories creative optimized to the 9 by 16 placement in feed campaigns can boost brand outcomes by 35%. So the bottom line is that okay so they're saying don't use the square use the 9 by 16 exactly exactly yeah okay so I mean, it just takes up more real estate really on the right screen. it does but it, as far as branding and kind of top of the funnel of brand awareness they say that uh, is again between 20 and 35% more which is significant you know that is those numbers are 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 true so we'll add these links in the uh, show notes so all the advertisers listening to this can can take a look at them uh at the information by themselves but it's always interesting to see i can't people believe people still use uh 16 by 9 ads like the the horizontal right right. i mean they're so small Mm -hmm. i still people see people running them and i'm like i mean they're half the size of a square image right and a third of the size of the yeah they're missing it's like a letterbox for a format that is not like uh, you have boxed. more real estate that you can get for 
it, it doesn't cost any more to do a bigger ad than a smaller ad as far as the dimensions. So do the bigger ad, be more in people's faces. I don't understand people who still run right. those, but. All right, so yeah, we'll, I'll add this uh, to the show notes. It's uh, actually interesting links. I, uh, I like to, um, we always like to keep in touch with uh, all the latest things from Facebook and uh, uh, since we use it all the time. And um, I think I think this this new ad formats, the poll and the AR specifically are very interesting. We're, I was actually looking into AR also for Shopify. That's something that we'll probably cover separately in a different episode. But Shopify is also um, testing AR for their products when you do a shopping cart. And, and that will also be very helpful for companies that sell a specific products that are require a little more than just a flat view from the front. So anyways, uh, let's move on to the next and uh, final topic for today, which is uh, AdCon, uh, the first um, advertising conference from Amazon. And that's something that David uh, has read quite about, quite a bit about it. And uh, what's up with that? Yeah, so they had their first ever AdCon this year. Was Was it a week ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago now, and um, what, what was that by any chance? It was Seattle. In, in Seattle, okay. Yeah. Um, so this one was really small. So to compare to their AWS Amazon Web Services event, which has, I think they said this year's had forty thousand people. The AdCon only had four hundred because it was the first time. But I would expect it to be thousands of people in the future. So it was invite only, and it was very uh, limited to just very high-level sellers, like companies who do, I think you had to be doing like more than $10 million a year in sales on Amazon, things like that. So anyways, um, but the... the uh, presentations were public and so the first thing they said was that they passed the 10 billion dollar mark in revenue last year 2018 and that they're growing really quickly if i were to guess what their 2019 ad revenue will be i would guess more than 15 million probably not 20 i don't think they'll double it year over year but somewhere between 15 and maybe 18 billion that would be my guess so significant growth and 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 continuing to grow um, and basically, they're, they're, a lot of people think, and I agree too, that right now, Amazon Web Services is their biggest profit maker. And a lot of people think that advertising actually will surpass that. Cause well, what, yeah, I mean, that is not people think. I mean, it's in their numbers. Right. That's kind of the projection. Uh, Amazon's the main revenue years, stream is AWS, obviously. Profit stream. The revenue stream is obviously the store. Oh, but yeah. As far as profit, profit uh, net profit is... Because right. is, uh, advertising really... I mean, this is why Google and Facebook have such high valuations because it's so profitable. You know, it costs... It, on a $10 billion in revenue, it probably costs them less than a billion in personnel. So they're making 90% plus margins. So um, anyways, the point was that they are trying to rapidly expand their advertising options and offer more than just like what Facebook or Google can offer. Obviously, face, Amazon has their search ads that are just like Google, um, that you just do sponsored products, basically. You bid on, bid on keywords. Um, they have sponsored brands, which is more brand ads than just product ads, individual product ads. So those are the two generic ones. They recently started doing um, retargeting display ads, which basically show on both Amazon.com and on other uh, network sites within their um, display network. Like one example being the Washington Post, since obviously Jeff Bezos, so now you can have display ads on the Washington Post retargeting from Amazon for your products, things like that. So those are the common things that Facebook and Google do already that they're just basically copying and saying, we have the platform for this. The more interesting thing that they're doing um, is non-traditional ads. 
So one thing that they're rolling out that uh, most of these things are limited to big ad spenders for now, but like one thing is in, in search video ads. So on Google, if you search something, you'll never see a video ad. It's only basically text ads. You might see a YouTube video, but it's not a promoted YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's only paid text ads. Now they have these in-stream video ads that will show you can literally have a demo. So if I search... Uh, you know, whatever. Like I saw one for Swiffer or something like that. So if you mm-hmm. search like cleaning the mop or, or whatever, they have a video of a person using the mop and saying, oh, look at the how much dust it picks up, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's one thing they're rolling out. Another really interesting one is in-home samples. So basically you can sign up for this program if you're an advertiser and you'll set up. So you'll say, okay, let's give... It depends on your product, but like if you have a food product, you say, okay, let's give a thousand samples to customers and Amazon based on their algorithm and people's buying habits, etc. They'll say, okay, these thousand people are very likely to enjoy your product. Maybe they buy a similar competitor's product, mm-hmm. something like that. And you basically pay Amazon to send them free samples to their home with a little thing that maybe will say, hey, if you want, if you enjoy this, here's a free one on us, Get and use this code for 20% off your next purchase, things like that. That's something that they can offer that Facebook and Google cannot. And so they're trying to do more things like that. Yeah, I mean, I always like the fact that, uh, you know, always uh, people always think that, okay, Facebook knows everything you like to do, who you know, and all that stuff, because that's your, your circle of friends, family, habits, and hobbies, and everything else. And then Google knows what you're looking for because you're searching on their on their network. But uh, as we said before, Amazon actually knows what you buy. And Facebook, I mean, Facebook and Google know what you <clears throat> buy too, but nobody but not, knows but as, not as much. much as I mean, Google. they know what you look for, what you're searching for, but Amazon knows exactly your buying history, right. which is, could be either for you or for somebody else, but they know exactly what you buy and things that are on your wish list and all that stuff. And they can pretty much determine the kind of li- lifestyle that you have based on your on your habits. So that's that's a critical edge for uh, for Amazon compared to the other two big advertisers like Facebook and Google. But one thing, one question I have is, what, whatever happened with the uh, the DSP, the, the demand side platform? That was the uh, the platform that allows Facebook to also allow yeah, non. Amazon? I'm sorry, Amazon to allow non-Amazon advertisers or, or sellers to advertise yeah. within their platform. That's still going. And they also are really expanding the Prime video ads and allowing, so based on your viewing history, if you watch Prime video, which obviously a lot of people do, um, that based on your viewing history, then you can get video ads from anything. It can be, it doesn't have to be something that's sold on Amazon. It can be from anybody outside of Amazon too. But video ads within, on TV? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen those yet. Yeah, they're rolling them out. The problem is that obviously a lot of people pay for this, so they don't right. like the I mean, ads. You pay for a platform, you, you're supposed to be ad-free. Right. Unless and they're having in the beginning, like uh, when they have promo or something. Right, like in that. the beginning, exactly. Okay. Um, and then they're also doing uh, same thing, the demand-side platform. That goes hand-in-hand hand with the display that I was just saying, basically. Mm-hmm. So before, they already had the display advertising for non-Amazon sellers, but now they have it so that you can retarget, if you have a product on Amazon, that you can retarget people outside of Amazon. Do they have a list of their advertising partners or network? Like you said, Washington Post, obviously, is owned by uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, but uh, Not that I've seen. I mean, they're, they're just like Facebook and Google where... 
uh, they have some properties that they own. So, for example, IMDb, mm-hmm. Washington Post, things like that. And then they have other ones that are just generic inventory. So, like, where I see the ads a lot would be I have the ESPN app. And because we run retargeting ads for our clients, I get them on the ESPN app all the time. And that's mm-hmm. a Disney property. Another one would be, I see them a lot on, um, when I go to, I go to like the verge or other sites, I see the ads there. So they basically just bid on invent ad inventory all over the but place. But they don't have like, um, like publishers, like, like Google AdSense type thing where publishers donate part of their, like, like we can basically add, Google ads to our blog, for example, if I want to become a publisher and, and basically with our AdSense account, allow Google to place ads on our blog. They do, but it's not, I'm sure you can do that, but they basically, if you have, if, if you're, you know, like I said, The Verge or whatever, and you say we have our top billboard banner, okay, you basically put this on an ad network and then Facebook, Google, Amazon, right. all these people are bidding on it. And then whoever wins that shows their ad. Um, and so that's how they do it. They bid on these huge networks. I don't know if they have a list of ones that they bid on that aren't their properties, mm-hmm. but um, basically they bid on most of the same places as Google and Facebook. Now, I will say that so far from what I've seen, I don't know what Amazon's uh, bidding strategy or whatever is, but it seems to be more expensive than like Google display ads. Like Google mm-hmm. display ads, we'll see like 50 cents a click or less. On um, Amazon, I mean, I've seen like a dollar fifty a click for banner ads, which that's, is a lot. That's probably because they had to bid much higher themselves too. But we'll see. I mean, the market will dictate the uh, the advertising rates at the end of the day. So, all right. Well, I think this um, this does it for today. Any other uh, comments for you, uh, David? I would just say that I think Amazon is growing really quickly as an advertising option, and. Uh, I just think that they really, within the next few years, are going to be hand in hand, just like everybody has is running some type of Google and Facebook ads. I think everybody, whether you're selling on Amazon or not, will be running Amazon ads. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I've already seen Amazon ads on the Amazon platform, or basically shopping for non-Amazon products. Right. You know, that's part of their display. The, the, the barrier of entry right now is a little high. I think it's like so 10,000 or when, something. Or Whenever they release these new tests, it's only for people spending 35,000 plus a month. So they keep it with within that right. top tier range. Um, but they're expanding it. They're mm-hmm. expanding it. Yeah, that's the like display ads before you had to spend 35,000 a month. You don't have to mm-hmm. anymore. Now it's for everybody. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Um, just a quick show note. Uh, next week, uh, both David and I will be traveling um, on business to uh, Europe. So we'll be on a different um, schedule. I don't know exactly if we will be able to do a podcast. I, I plan to do a couple of podcasts from there. Some of them might be in... We're going to Spain, actually. might be in Spanish with some of the uh, business people that we know there. Uh, but um, if we don't have anything airing next week, uh, we'll definitely have one the following week. So thank you for listening for today. And uh, everybody else, enjoy your week and have a great weekend. Bye.